Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. You remember us? We're back. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you are seeing our faces, our beautiful faces for the first time, which is, I know, is a really emotional experience for all of us. And with my co-host Tristan here. Tristan, how you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, whenever whenever I look in the mirror in the morning, it's an emotional experience. <laughs> the, the emotion being, oh, God. <laughs> So as as we know, with season two, we're starting something new. Uh, what are we going to be talking about today, Tristan? Like, what's what's the theme here? Uh, I'm going to be telling everybody why I'm Chris is such an elitist. Uh, he, he only believes in genetics, uh, <laughs> and that that's we're we're going to be doing a debate style podcast where yeah. we're going to be talking about specific topics and. Me and Chris actually disagree on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I know. Yeah. I'm sure most of you thought that we were the same person. Yeah. That, that would be hilarious. We're just like one guy <laughs> He's room. just doing different voices with like puppets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we have a confession to make. We we do record these um, remotely. So, you know, I, I know you guys thought that we were in this gigantic studio and we're sitting right next to each other. Actually, we're um, for I'm a while a we were in different states. And, you know, but right now we're in the same state, thankfully, but we're uh, three hours away. So um, I, I'm in a studio. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, hold on. I'm going to show the people. Look, there's my piano. There's my melee setup. Wow. And that's the studio. That's beautiful. That's it. I love it. That's what else do you really need? Honestly. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and get started. So we're going to be talking about uh, the title is obviously talent versus skill. But specifically, yeah. like, let's break that down a little bit. So talent being, uh, that'll be my viewpoint, is me basically saying that a lot of what we do, most of what we do, in my opinion, is, has been decided by our genetics, given to us by our parents and their parents, et cetera. Uh, and what Tristan will be advocating for is hard work, basically, and that you can, you can always bring yourself up from that point. I, I don't know if I represented your side properly, but yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to that. It's fine. You, you um, don't ha- you don't have to represent me properly. I think it would actually be great if we started fighting about this. Oh, like I just, just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and really <laughs> clickbait the crap out of it. <laughs> so yeah, the point of this is we're going to yell at each other. Let's go ahead and get started. So uh, Tristan, why why ever would you think that you can just work hard and get everything in life? Like that's uh, never because, been possible. Uh, because I am not a huge pussy, Chris. Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think, so I, I did some research, actually. Uh, I was looking at... Oh, shit. I didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> watch out. So I was looking at IQ specifically, and whether or not IQ is, has anything to do with intelligence or not, that is a whole different discussion. But what I did notice is that a lot of IQ, so IQ and um, being a top player at Dota 2 tournaments and League of Legends, there was a correlation there. So most of the people who were winning had higher IQs. And so I, I thought that was interesting because if we, when we're talking about IQ, actually most of the time, I, and what some studies have shown is that you can, um, you can basically see a correlation between, for example, with twins, there are some studies about this. Obviously, we don't have that many because this is such a rare occurrence, but twins that have been separated at birth. So, you know, we talk about like um, nature versus nurture. Um, in, in this case, it's like um, the, the nature sort of wins out because a lot of times we'll see that twins will have similar IQs despite 
growing up in different households with different upbringings. So we can sort of, we, from that, we can kind of assume, I know it's not really that definitive thing, because like I said, there's not very much um, information on the subject, but um, we can sort of assume that IQ would be a somewhat genetic thing. And it's not often that you see someone who gets their IQ changed at some point, like like they just skyrocket in IQ. Most of the time, you're going to have r- relatively same IQ unless you just like study really hard for the tests or something like that. So, um, I think that 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 sort of thinking, well, like when we're talking about video games, because this is, I guess, specifically we're going to be focusing on fighting games a little bit, but we can also talk about other things. Um, it, I, I think we can really see that uh, IQ is going to have more of a genetic factor. IQ will also be linked to the, the highest placing um, players at a tournament. So in that way, I think that genetics is more related to being good at video games than hard work. I think anyone can get to a certain point, but I think beyond that point, you're going to need that that factor of a different way of thinking than most people do. And that's what puts you above the rest. Okay, so I'm going to break this down to the more simple components. I'm going to start with IQ. So uh, I'm not one of those people that just says, you know, IQ is invalid. There's nothing useful for it. I think IQ can be useful for some things, although I think generally it is either significantly uh, overused and overestimated and also significantly underestimated. People either think IQ represents too much or represents too little. IQ can be accurately used to measure things like, uh, I know for a fact, chess. People with mm-hmm. high IQs, they do well at chess. Yeah. And that, that's just the end of the discussion. Mm-hmm. But here's the uh, people with high IQs, they also tend to be more academically successful. Yes. And they tend to be more financially and economically successful. Mm-hmm. But there's an important distinction. Are they academically, financially successful because they have high IQs? Or, because, or do they have high IQs because they perform specific actions that would make them better at taking tests? So one thing that I'd like to bring up is uh, testing scores in the U.S. So a big thing that has to do with testing scores, uh, we know for a fact that there are a lot of factors that go into testing scores right, yeah. for like SAT, ACT, stuff like that. And one of the biggest ones is sleep. So a uh, study was done in a state of South, in, not, in a county uh, school zone in one state of the U.S., where they moved the class, the first, uh, the beginning period of homeroom to like 10 a.m., so the kids got like an extra hour of sleep, mm-hmm. and every single test score—SAT, SAT, general reading tests, even IQ tests—they all shot up. They mm-hmm. s- and I, th- so I think that IQ tests and IQ scores, uh, it's, it's not entirely just like uh, an inbred genetic thing. It's not something that you're just born. It's like you don't have a set IQ at birth. You don't have an accessor and a mutator method. That's from my computer science people for your IQ that God accesses. Mm-hmm. You know, your IQ is dependent upon a lot of variables. How much sleep did you get last night? Uh, how much effort are you putting into this test? You, any person could get wildly different IQ scores if they tried. If I tried to fail an IQ test, I could probably fail. And if I tried to do better at an IQ test, then I could probably do better. So IQ test, it does have some good 
uh, objective ways to do it. Now, a lot of people say stuff like, uh, so the IQ tests were originally made for like French grade schoolers to figure out where they should be in school. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people use that as like a, a point of it's like, you can't use IQ tests. They're, they're made for French grade schoolers. And I, I hate the French too, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> the IQ test has since been modified and yeah. re recodified to like kind of incorporate a, a, a more holistic score of not necessarily a French grade schooler, believe it or not. So we can use IQ tests for certain things, but what really is important when you're measuring success, uh, either academically or financially, you're measuring decision-making. So uh, you've probably heard this. If you've ever listened to uh, a Joe Rogan podcast clip, you've mm -hmm. heard, you've probably seen a video. And that video was Ben Shapiro destroys liberals with facts and logic. And boy, are those videos annoying. But one thing that uh, he references a lot, and one thing that someone named Larry Elder, who's a personal uh, favorite of mine, references a lot, is a study from the Browning's Institute where they talk about poverty in the United States. Basically, the whole thing goes, well, if you don't want to be permanently poor in the United States, the best thing for you to do, don't have a baby out of wedlock, don't have a baby out of wedlock, excuse me, graduate high school, yeah. get a job and keep it. Yeah. Similarly, uh, studies have been done about decision-making and academic scores. Mm -hmm. The best signifiers for students who did well academically, doing their homework, studying at least an hour at night, getting mm -hmm. enough sleep, and eating well. Mm -hmm. Those students also tended to have an IQ, uh, a higher IQ score. It, of course, it wasn't always exactly accurate, but you get the point. In general, students with higher IQ scores tend to make better decisions. Now, I think that we can all agree that being sleep deprived or having a terrible diet could negatively impact your IQ scores. So what I would propose is that good decision makings lead to, good decision making leads to a higher IQ. So if you make good decisions, you are going to progress in any kind of adult skill much faster and you're going to be at a higher starting point. Well, the, but that would go back to melee as well in that like good decision making and you're, you're saying that like literally anyone could get a high IQ or be good at melee just with their decision making skills. Yeah, I believe that. I I, I think I disagree. I, I definitely disagree because it, it doesn't just it doesn't just come from the fact that you're making like it, it it could have something to do with the the diet you know i agree with that and the amount of sleep that you get but that's the same thing as melee you know and i i know that that's your point like melee is very volatile so if if you don't get enough sleep the night before then yeah you're gonna not do as well because a lot of it goes into reaction times and decision making as well you know for example you know, like every every little thing that you do in melee specifically and in any fighting game is going to have a an outcome in the end. So no, like no matter what you do, nothing is pointless, basically. Um, but so you brought up chess as well. And that that is another decision making game. But it's just like you there's this observational part that goes into it as well like you're you're watching your opponent because ppmd talked about this ppmd is a for those who don't know is a um very well was a very prominent what? uh smash player he's gone um, now yeah he's, he's, he's not, long gone he's not coming he's back not ever coming back let it no. go 
Um, so he, even he said that even I in the first, so <laughs> even in the first stock of the game of the first game, you need to be making like a blatant call about your opponent. You need to be sort of stereotyping them. So you put them into a category. And he was saying that um, when, well, like, for example, you see someone who runs up and like Ford smashes immediately. You're like, wow, this dude is reckless. So I know okay, that he's going to make me next time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I know he's going to make dumb decisions throughout the game, and I'll be able to exploit that. And so you put him into the reckless category, and you do that with multiple different people. So categorizing things like that, like I don't think that that's something that necessarily you can learn, because for example, we see in, um, in the top. Like, in some of the best games, in my opinion, I think that this is a good sign of a really good game is the fact that you see the same people uh, winning at the top level. You see this in tennis. It's been, like, the same five people every time. And you see that in Melee is that it's a very consistent outcome. And you see people who break into the top 100. And I think, in my opinion, I think anyone could get to the bottom of the top 100. I think anyone could do it with hard work. But I think in order to get to that like top 10 level, I think there's just something in your brain that, that you're not going to be able to make up for with hard work. There's just something that's not going to click for you because we all have different intelligence levels. And you, you look at this in terms of, and I know you're saying that's not genetic and that's where we're going to disagree on this. But like, for example, you look at um, Chad. So Chad's in high school. Um, his dad was a football coach and his dad played football and he was really good at football. And so you see that Chad, oh, wow, Chad's really good at football. Why? And you say, is it because he was brought up in a football household and everyone was obsessed with football, you know, et cetera? Or is it because the guy is 6'2 and his shoulders are broader than a barn, you know? And you see that with a lot of things is because when you get this positive feedback loop, like you, you start out playing something. For example, when I was, if I had tried to play football, I probably would have gotten my spine crushed at some point because I was 150 pounds in high school and 5'11 and three quarters. So um, Just almost made feet. it. It's okay. Almost, almost made it, guys. <laughs> um, but so You're in the pit, Chris. You're in the manlet pit. <laughs> I'm in the manlet we dug a pit. It wasn't very hard. We didn't have to go very deep. You're in the pit. Um, so basically, I, I think that in my opinion, and you know, this can probably be so, sort of seen as a, a bad thing to say in some communities, but I would say that most people, when you start out, because we all have different bone structures, we all have a different rate at which we grow muscle, we all have different things like that. So why would we assume, this isn't a good argument i'm just saying this i'm not saying that this is a factual argument at all but why would we assume that all of our brains are going to work the same way and i think some people their brains are going to work more in favor of being good at strategy games and um, fighting games like that and that's just a natural thing because some people you watch and they'll they'll pick up a controller this also has to do with um for example i've played melee with my mom before and i and she had the only exposure she had to video games was basically Galaga and Pong, and that was about it. And so for her to hold a GameCube controller was like, it was like she didn't, her brain didn't work that way. So for that, for example, would be an upbringing thing in that most people, with when I talked about the positive feedback loop, with most people, it's going to be that... Um, you know, because most people play video games before, they're going to pick it up and be like, okay, this is this is weird, like something's up. But people who play video games a lot are going to be going right into the game, basically having 
more they're going to have a better response and that's going to lead them to work harder in that and once again that's not genetic so i i didn't really make an argument for my side there but i'm just i was just i wanted to throw that out there um so yeah when, when you i i think when you you need these observational skills like the ppmd thing where you categorize someone um I don't think that everyone can learn to think that way. And I think to assume that everyone has the same brain when we all have such wildly different, um, you know, physical components, I think to, to assume that we all have the same mental capacity, I, I don't think that, I don't think that that's true, but that's just my opinion. And that's where we're going to disagree on this is that I don't think people can get past a certain point, basically. Well, I don't disagree with, with all of that. I do think that people people's brains generally do work differently. I just don't think that it is such a barrier that you can't become the best. Uh, I like I was always good at math, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like math. Yeah. You know, in math, there's no BS. There's no uh, weird... <laughs> I don't have to convince anybody of anything. I just, you know, I'm either right or I'm wrong which is yeah. great for me, mm-hmm. but writing, I was just never good. I would always tell my writing professors that English is my second language, that they go easier on me. It works sometimes, too. If you've got, if you've got immigrant parents, go for it. So, so one uh, distinction that I, I would like to draw. Let's go back to Chad for a second. Okay, I like um, Chad. Because he doesn't nice get guy. enough attention. So <laughs> I think that uh, mind sports like chess... Or melee. Melee isn't totally a mind sport. There is some technical aspects to it. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. You know what I'm getting at. I think yeah. those are uh, have less of a genetic uh, component than things like football. Like uh, I'm never gonna be in the NBA, even though I'm mm-hmm. six feet, because I just can't. <laughs> I can't yeah. keep up. I was I was good at soccer. I had like the body type that I needed for soccer. I had the mm-hmm. long legs. I had the broad shoulders. I had. Uh, nothing really worth protecting in my brain. So hitting the ball with my head was no big deal. Um, so there is a, I, I would say, a greater genetic component to uh, physical sports. Like imagine you're trying to be an IFBB profile or professional bodybuilder and you've got my chest genetics, my chest insertions. It's not going to work. You're not going to do it. Quit. It's over. <laughs> you were out of the game before it started. Unplug your controller. Yeah, but there is one thing that I would like to bring up. Uh, so within uh, mind sports like chess or within uh, mind and body kind of composite sports where it's kind of a, a mixture. Like, yeah. Uh, well, the only pure mind sport that I can think of is chess. And I can't really think of a pure body sport because even, even wrestling, that has... Right. Yeah, you know... There's gotta, always going to be technique and thinking involved in something. Right. Well, even like, arm wrestling. You, everybody thinks a little differently, Right. But that mm. doesn't mean one way is necessarily superior to another. It could be uh, superior in specific situations, but that doesn't mean overall it's just better. So uh, take me, for example. When I first uh, joined Chris and our friends playing Melee, I sucked. Mm-hmm. And you did? It was, like, it was like my first day playing. And then they had me play Peach, and it worked. Why? <laughs> and why? And that, that's a true story. That I is. came in. This, it was the second day I went to play with the guys. And they were just like, we don't have a peach. You should play peach so we can play matchup. And then we regretted that from that day forward. Yeah. So why does that work? That's because peach is a brain dead character. And all I needed to do was down smash. And then I won. 
So there's <laughs> there are certain things where you can uh, like for example, I could make up for my lack of intellectual stature with hitting down on the C stick. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we're talking about the top level. Like what you're you're bringing up something that's at like purely beginner level. And so, yeah, it, of, it, of course, you're going to have differences there. But once we get to the top, in my opinion, like there are these subtle nuances. But it seems to me like every character, you're essentially trying to do the same thing. You're trying to exploit your opponent's weaknesses. You're trying to observe what they're doing and then, you know, obviously yeah, but, retaliate. But, but I, let's, actually, let's actually use the top players of Melee as an okay. example. Okay. Like, who, like think of the five gods. Armada, okay. Hungrybox, Mewtwo King, Mango. Someone else. Um, PPMD. I always forget about him. Who? Because he forgot about us. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they all play... They have uh, They have a lot of things in common, right? Yeah. Good tech skill, decision making. But mm -hmm. it's, those, it's, it's, it's those very subtle nuances that you were talking about that actually yeah. make their play styles wildly different. And all of those five gods were the best in the world at one point. And at mm -hmm. one point... Ken was the best in the world. And a, yeah. a Korean DJ and all those other people that I don't remember from the documentary, they're the best mm -hmm. in the world at one point. Just because you have differences in those subtle nuances doesn't mean you can't use them to your advantage. Like right now, Hungrybox is a very patient player who's really good at just being clutch. He's not called Clutchbox for no reason. And it's those kind of subtle nuances. Now we got like Hungrybox and Leffen really just could not be more different in game. They have yeah. very wildly differing playstyles. And Mango... Honestly, yeah. the better that I've gotten at Melee, the more that I've been able to see the differences in these games. They have these mm -hmm. these small differences that amount to that amount to so much, but they can all work extremely well. Mm -hmm. Because trying to say that like Omega's oh, watch, she's out of the game. The only people that he's really losing to are like Zane, Leffen, sometimes, and Hungrybox, and like mm -hmm. maybe and maybe Plup. And it's those tiny things like. Everybody knows that Armada is the most consistent of the gods. And everybody knows about Armada's punish game and PPMD's yeah. neutral game right. and Leffen's uh, <laughs> just great at everything. Hair. <laughs> Hair. <laughs> Weird, skinny body. A <laughs> little bit of a dick sometimes, but that's not the point. <laughs> so... I actually love Levin so much. Yeah, no, he's great. <laughs> he's so sick. So you have these tiny differences, and they can mm -hmm. all be used to different... They can all they all have different advantages and disadvantages. There is no optimal strategy in Melee. There is no character that can't get beaten. Hungrybox lost to Amsa. And Amsa, yeah. Amsa might actually just be a genius. I did, mean, you see, yeah. did you see the mental math thing? that he did mm -mm. for Summit, where he no. multiplied accurately three-digit numbers in his head in, like, five <sighs> seconds. He Okay, put Amsa aside, because he just kind of ruins my argument. Amsa <laughs> that's, might actually... That's what just, I'm saying. They, they, they do something different in Japan. <laughs> I don't know what they, they're, they're doing over they're there. They're all just... They're so smart. You mm -hmm. know, China's going to take over the world, and I think at this point, they deserve it. I'm okay with that. That You know, this goes back to my argument as well, and, and people have... You know, differences about, about that, like different kinds of thinking is that Ooh. a lot of times, well, I, no, I don't want to bring race Sorry. into this because I, do, I don't like, never mind, I let's have, go back to, let's go back to Melee. Keep talking. I, well, actually, I have something good for that, that won't okay. get us demonetized on YouTube. So okay. a lot of people, uh, so there are a lot of, there are people, bad people out there who think that there are 
uh, differences between races of humans that account for so much that some would be maybe beneath others. Right. And we can actually look at income differences in America to not only like to, to kind of look at this. So a lot you, you ask people like, what's the most successful uh, ethnicity in the United States? And I believe that's Asian Asians. in this. Yeah. Well, fi- financially successful. Let's say financially successful because success can be measured in a lot of different ways. Asian people, they're the most mm-hmm. financially successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I believe it's like Asian, Indian, white, Hispanic, black. And mm-hmm. there's actually, trying to say that it's purely because of their race is, it's just not accurate. There's no really nice way for me to say it's just not accurate because now I can ask you the question, okay, what's the most successful ethnic minority in the United States? Ethnic and national minority in the United States. That's actually Nigerians. Now, mm. Nigerians from Africa. Mm-hmm. And you can, yeah. I think that a lot of like decision-making, what the point I'm trying to make comes from culture. So you've got, you've got two different African countries like Zimbabwe and Botswana. Zimbabwe mm-hmm. has a oppressive governmental regime and has an extremely low GDP, extremely low quality of life, uh, mm-hmm. enormous amount of crime. It's, it's just a terrible place to live. The, the citizens there, they're in trouble like all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Botswana. Botswana is one of the best places you can live in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's a very successful, developed nation with relative for Africa, a very high GDP. Like, it, it doesn't really match up to the United States, but then again, nobody does. But mm-hmm. when you look into Botswana, they have a much less oppressive government. They have much yep. higher quality of life and much mm-hmm. higher standard of living. they got mm-hmm. all this really nice developed country stuff. And Zimbabwe and Botswana, they share a border. They're right mm-hmm. next to each other. And just as well, their population makeup by ethnicity, it's almost dead even. I believe it's like 95% black versus 97% black uh, mm-hmm. Zim- uh, Botswana to Zimbabwe, respectively. Now, if you think the fact that there are 2% less black people and that makes it successful, you're just being a mm-hmm. dickhead. So a lot of it comes from culture. And the re- one of the biggest reasons why Nigerians are so successful is because they have a very strict culture. And everybody knows a stereotype of the the strict Asian parent. I knew a guy who, uh, he was in, he, his name was, um, we called him John, but we, I couldn't pronounce his name, uh, Jin Yu or something like that. And he mm-hmm. had the very stereotypical strict Chinese parents who wanted him to succeed. And he mm-hmm. did. He was the valedictorian. He was yeah. a smart kid. He works for some lab now. I, I, I didn't really know him that well. But mm-hmm. you have this kind of culture, especially with the Nigerians. The Nigerians, they have this, uh, I've, uh, my source for this is Twitter, so don't take this with like a grain of salt. So, well, what I've learned is that Nigerians have this uh, very specific code with how they, or a very specific culture with how they raise their children. They're going to send uh-huh. their kids to college, and their kids are majoring in STEM, finance, law, or medicine, and mm-hmm. that's it. And they're going to go, and their parents going to push that really heavily on them. And now they're the mm-hmm. most successful ethnic minority in the United States. And the same with yeah. uh. The stereotypical Asian parents. I worked with. Uh, I worked at a kind of a crummy little Chinese joint, but and uh, the the owners were husband and wife. They were first generation Chinese immigrants, and they mm-hmm. were very very strict with their kids. They sent them to a really nice. They scraped all the money they could muster together to send them to a nice private school. And they yeah. sit them down and they just run them through their homework, and they'd run mm-hmm. them through every single extra problem they could yeah. have, and they yeah. and they did everything with those kids. They. 
they had so much for the kids to do. Like after they got home from school, they would bring them to the restaurant and the kids would work and they'd play their instruments and they mm -hmm. would, uh, it's like, you can't look at your phones. You can't look at your computers. You have to do mm -hmm. all this first. And then maybe we, if we don't force you to work at the restaurant, then maybe you can have fun. But until then you have to work. I think that a lot of uh, these kinds of differences, they come from culture. So you have, I think a, regarding melee specifically you have a competitive culture why is it that like why are the top 10 players from such wildly different places you got armada and leffen from sweden why not people from italy why not people from spain we have italian and spanish melee players but i yeah. and i don't mean because i really like trefasia he's a fantastic player really mm -hmm. just really good peach but he's just not on armada's level yeah and i don't mean any disrespect but come on and you have a, a player like Ice from Germany, but mm -hmm. he's just not as good as Leffen. So why is it that Armada and Leffen, who are in Sweden, and Mango, Southern California, and PPMD, North Carolina, and Hungrybox, Florida? So what is it? What's like the what's what are the similarities that they have? We could test their IQ. I think that'd be pretty interesting. We could yeah, test their I'd IQ. I'd like to know that. I, I just can't imagine Mango doing well on an IQ test. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he, but that goes back to what you said before. He probably wouldn't even like pay attention to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, uh, ah, there were a lot of things that you brought up that I wanted to address now. I've literally forgotten all of them. But, you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of what you said made sense to me. And that that is a good argument is that like upbringing um, is going to have something to do with it, like teaching your kids. Because the way I was raised, like the way you're going to be raised is going to affect you a lot. But there's some times where I feel like, especially like even in personality, um, and this is just, you know, I'm just going off of my own anecdotal evidence that I've seen around me of people. But when you when you look at people and you you see the way that they're like, even if you have parents who had a certain thing about them, like you, you inherit these things from your parents and you have these personality traits. And sometimes even if you're separate, like with the twins thing with IQ, going back to IQ, by the way, I was, I was not going to, I didn't want to talk about the race thing. Um, because actually I've been talking with my friend Thomas about it. Someday we're going to have Thomas on the show. I don't know. Cause Chris. I bring him up like all the time, but tread lightly, tread lightly. <laughs> <They're> nice. <laughs> so basically he was, he's been telling me about how the bell curve, which is the original, um, book that came out that was basically saying that black people aren't as smart as white people, basically. Um, a, a lot of that, you know, it was more subtle than that, but basically that's what it was about. And he's been telling me lately, um, how about there've been a lot of people who have refuted that lately because, and it's been related to IQ because IQ tests like you said, a certain specific set of skills. And it's like, if we call that intelligence, then then we have this, this very narrow-minded viewpoint of what intelligence is. And it's like, I, I would compare it to strength, for example. How do you say who the strongest person in the world is? Because we all have... Right here. <laughs> we all have very different... Um, makeups, for example, because when you think about how do you, what was the exercise that you do? Probably how did you know I was that, wearing makeup? <laughs> probably the the exercise people are going to mention is the deadlift, but you can also have like what is 
we have different forms of strength. You have power, you know, explosiveness, and you have like a more slow kind of strength. You have um, a a more endurance kind of strength, and you have you know a speed. So you have like all of these different kinds of strength, and it's like, well, how do we how do we just call this person the strongest man in the world just because he deadlifted that? When, for example, some people are better. When we see this in the strongest man in the world contests. Um, a lot of times they'll do better in certain uh, exercises. That's why they have different lifts in all, like practically every single competition that's strength-based is that you have to test different facets of strength, you know, like uh, leg strength. Like most of the strongest man things, it, it involves every single muscle group pretty much. Like you're picking up giant boulders and carrying them around in your in your arms and like lifting things above your head like the log press and stuff like that. And so, and then you start to realize that strength is like, and intelligence as well is, is something that you're not going to be able to just say, okay, do this. And then you're the strongest man in the world. Or if you solve this problem, you are the most intelligent person in, in the world. So going back to the whole IQ thing and the bell curve and all that, you know, that's most of that's not really going to be, um, you know, quite relevant to this conversation but uh, a lot of that has been somewhat debunked as we've gone along but anyways um, back to the whole genetics thing because um, let's see what, what was something else that you said there were so many things but basically I, I get what I, I get what you're saying yeah the culture thing like the upbringing um, how does that change a person I, I do agree with that, and it's so hard to test too. Like, how do we how do we test this kind of stuff? You you can't just say, uh, well, because he's Asian, you know, he's really good at math. But I I have had a lot of things where, for example, with me personally, I was brought up in a household that, um, we it, it's a more I guess my family on my dad's side especially is more artistic, so. They're all musicians. My grandfather had uh, an orchestra, the Roy Cole Orchestra, and my dad was in like five different bands. And so it's it's a very like musical kind of family. And I, I find that I am able to, I could probably play any instrument I want to just given a small amount of time. And I, I like, I definitely feel like that's a talent thing. I'm not bragging. I mean, I guess I kind of am, but like it doesn't take... I think that there are different skill levels. And also, we have to break this down into, like, um, the levels of occurrences. For example, like, when you start out, how good are you? Then in the middle, how good are you? And then at the top, how good are you? And I think that's where, because I think, like, the beginning and the top are the most important parts where genetics are going to be the most influential. And I think in the middle, I think that's where your your Tristan hard work stuff is going to happen. Because... Um, there's no because when people start out, they're at all wildly different levels, and I think it'd be fun to see if you took like three people, ah, maybe even triplets or something. I don't know if we could let's let's conduct an experiment. But if you yeah, took some, like somebody give us funding to like figure this shit out. Yeah, because we we need some answers here. There's but nobody like, better than us to do this. <laughs> and you have like because because for example, I've always been bad at math because it's like it's something i fa it i don't favor um in terms of like it doesn't really fit my personality i i'm the one who was good at writing 
I was good at reading and I've always been better at music related things where it's like I'm creating something that can be as beautiful as possible. And so for me, like math, it was nice. I did enjoy the fact that like this is right and this is wrong, but it just it it didn't click with my brain. And I think we and it's not that I was brought up like hating math, you know, it was something inherent that I can't even put into words that basically I I believe that I was told by my genetics that I was not going to be the greatest person at math. And I could, with really hard work, I could get pretty good at it. But I really think that when you go through life, you will see that people t- tend to gravitate in different ways. For example, the um, you brought up Switzerland at one point. I, I wanted to bring up this um, the Jordan Peterson study that he always talks about where he he talks about the differences in gender. And he'll say that um, he's referencing the study where they had where the, when you go to um, more egalitarian societies and you look at the way that people gravitate based on gender, what um, subjects they're going towards, the the differences tend to increase. We we'd think, for example, that the more egalitarian you would get, um, the more equality that a place has, the more that both sides would tend to sort of come together and you'd get this like men and women are basically the same and you'd get that result. But instead you see like a greater disparity between the two genders. So, or sexes, whatever. All two and of them. So, <laughs> all two of them. So Cowabunga, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about that, you, you come to realize that maybe there is something inherent within us that drives us to do different things like for example women are naturally i think we talked about this in another podcast but basically women are naturally more inclined to want to be nurses they're one of they're caring because of their genetic makeup to you know take care of a baby take care of the family um be more nurturing so being a nurse being a teacher um that's going to be more women's side of things and then men being the way that we are, I don't know why it works that way, but I sort of break the stereotype because I'm graphic design. But if, if, when you're over on the men's side, it's usually more into like engineering and building and solving problems and things like that. And that's a big stereotype, but it turns out to be true a majority of the time. So, and there are also things like aggression, which are going to be more um, prominent in men because of testosterone. So we view things like that and, and strength as well. When we go back to strength, um, if you say, like some people are going to be increasing their strength more because they have a higher testosterone um, makeup, and so they're going to have you know faster muscle growth. They're going to be stronger. It, the way your bones work, everything like that. I guess this is the same argument I made before. It's just like it's it would baffle me if everything that we do, you know, in terms of our body, like there are so many differences between our physical, uh, appearance and our strengths and everything like that. It would blow my mind if we didn't all have, you know, if we all had the same brain essentially that could do the same tasks. I know what you said before in that we may not have the same brains, but we can all use it to a certain degree to reach a certain level of success through our individual um inclinations i guess what the word would be but it's just to me it's like it depending on the task i don't think that certain brains are going to be 
with their certain inclinations, I don't think they're going to be really good at certain things like solving problems, like, um, you know, playing chess, like playing melee, other fighting games. I just, I think that it's probably, we're not changing each other's minds here, obviously, but I think I it's probably going to be that some are going to go in one direction and then some are just not going to be as good at it. And like, that's okay because being good at playing video games is, you know, it's like, and being bad at it's not the worst thing in the world. Like I'm pretty bad at video games and it's not hindering my life at all. You know, you, you have different things that you can go towards. You have different things you're going to be passionate about. So that's my argument. Okay. And I'm going to uh, try to wrap up my argument. Okay, so yeah. I, I do agree with Chris in the, in the sense that there are, there are some genetic components, obviously, to success. I just yeah. think that uh, hard work, specifically, skill is much more valuable. And there is no point that talent can take you that hard work cannot also take you. Talent could get you there maybe a little more efficiently, maybe a little easier. But realistically, uh, I don't think there's, there isn't a professional sports player. There isn't a professional soccer player. There isn't a professional basketball player who just kind of walked onto a team and was just the best. Lionel Messi started playing soccer from a very young age, and he played at a very, very high level the whole time. And it's not just because he was so much better. It's because he went to the practices and he did all the stuff, and he had actually a a pretty serious physical disability. And just in spite of that, He was able to just power through it and use what he did have. So he he didn't have like the best genetics for soccer. He didn't have just the, he didn't have like, he wasn't the perfect specimen, but he did manage Mm -hmm. to become uh, the highest ranked player in the world at one point. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, different story. He is very, uh, I mean, if you've seen him without a shirt on, he's very genetically gifted. His lats are enormous. But they really are. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen him. And he, and they have they have that one thing in common where it's just like they just went to practices and played with the best people and tried really hard. In spite, they have a they have a different play style. They play different positions. Uh, mm-hmm. All the best they have. They, there's all this different stuff. And the one thing that remains the same was the amount of effort that they put into it. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. The the one thing that remained the same was their drive and their willingness to do it. S- because we can't really objectively measure talent. We, it, to a lesser extent, we can't really measure hard work either. But you, there are some objective quali- quantities to uh, hard work. You can put in the amount of time that you put into something, uh, put in the amount of time that you have develop systems with which to practice something. You can input the amount of time with which you have just thought about things. Like how often do you think LeBron James just thinks about basketball? Just thinks about like maybe a little better way to do this, maybe a more efficient way to score like this, a defensive strategy like this, an offensive strategy like this. I think that I would uh, very willingly say LeBron James spends significantly more time thinking about basketball than most people actually work their real-life job, what they get paid to do. And Mm -hmm. realistically, I think that really shows because, I mean, he's really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you seen him? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's this whole thing where it's you can't really objectively measure talent. 
and there it, it's so finicky and to the point where it's like is this even real like are we sure that because a lot of things like man he's just really good at everything are you sure that he's not just practicing really hard at home are you sure that he's not just grinding it out a couple hours afterwards i mean mm-hmm. I, I math always made sense to me but i don't think i ever had any kind of natural pro- proclivity towards it i always liked math more than reading and writing but i was terrible but i got terrible grades in it through grade school and it wasn't mm-hmm. until i actually just like sat down and forced myself to learn stuff that i started to do well in it and I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, with barely any TV and no internet. And I'm a computer mm-hmm. science student. I was very, very technologically Ill- illiterate up until like high school. Then in high mm-hmm. school, I thought I could make a lot of money by making a shitty iPhone app. So I learned how to mm-hmm. code. And then I built my own computer. It comes, mm-hmm. and I, I never really had any natural proclivity towards programming or building a computer or being an engineer. It was just a matter of, well, I, I want to do this. So use what I have to try to figure things out. And it, what I learned is that I don't think of programming the same way as anybody. And nobody thinks of programming the same way as anybody else. Because it's, when you get down to that, when it's literally just a science and trying to mm-hmm. translate what a human can understand into what a computer can understand, because mm-hmm. humans and computers, very different systems. Uh, yeah. When it comes down to that, there's so it's like melee. There's so much depth to it that there is no one correct way to understand like higher level programming. There is there are correct ways to understand things like if statements and mm-hmm. while loops. And I think that also this also goes into uh, something that Chris said about uh, musical instruments. How he can he can play whatever he wants whenever he wants, and he's just a superior human being. So when I the first language I ever learned was C++ because I heard that it was a good language through some internet talk show. And mm-hmm. it took me forever to learn C++, like months of just like trying to figure stuff out. And then I mm-hmm. took an AP computer science class in my high school and it was easy. It just all came to me. And that wasn't because mm-hmm. I became, I, I didn't have any natural proclivity. It wasn't because I became a genius. It was just because I'd done it before. When you play instruments and when you program, there's certain mm-hmm. like archetypes and certain fundamentals that remain constant. What is Boolean algebra? How do you use if statements? How do you use recursion? How do you use chords? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of chord progression do you have? What, what are notes? What sounds good? What's a nice flow to a song? It has between like piano, guitar, C++, Java, Haskell flute, you have all these different things. You have these bare bones fundamentals. And mm-hmm. I think that's what uh, one of the biggest things that hard work helps with. It's just getting those fundamentals down, which are so important. Like you, yeah. you are never going to be naturally good at L canceling in melee. You're never going to be naturally good at movement. You have to practice that. And once you get that down, the decision making is where you can kind of express yourself more as an individual and that's where your maybe your natural talents can come out but you okay. are never going to be able to express those without that basis of hard work what you do okay. in pro like say you have to solve a problem in programming maybe you solve it using one methodology maybe you use a bubble sort maybe you just use a lot of if statements or maybe mm-hmm. you like switch statements more than if statements maybe you don't like else if statements maybe and it just comes down to that 
what are you good at what comes more naturally to you and that does have a component to it but it's never going the only time it'll make a difference is when you don't know the fundamentals the only time that talent will make such a explicit difference is if you are very overwhelmingly naturally talented at which point i still believe somebody that works harder than you can can surpass can surpass you or you are so very uh i don't want to say lazy but lazy that you haven't learned mm -hmm. and taken the time to understand the fundamentals because you could let's let's go with what chris said let's say he's just naturally talented at music which i think is a fair statement chris does make i've listened to chris's music i like it chris and so let's say Chris tried to play, uh, what's an instrument you never played? Let's say Chris tried to play the oboe. And he's got, okay. you've got all the talent of the world. But you don't know the finger movements for an oboe. I assume you play with your fingers. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know what the chords are. You don't know the way it sounds. It doesn't matter how much natural talent you have. You couldn't, you would have to learn these bare bones fundamentals before you could play it with any degree of um okay yeah expertise i get what you're saying but yeah since you have learned fundamentals in multiple different instruments it's going to be that much easier for you because you because yeah. you put yeah. the work in you you did it all you've done it all before you're just mm -hmm. doing it again it's like it's like i think i've got it bench press you know you you grind out one plate and now you can bench press two and now one plate it's just that much easier yeah but that, that, that'll probably so, wrap it up for my argument. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll wrap this up because we've taken a long time here. But That's basically, I, I will cite what the great Phil Heath once said. And I think that I figured out where our, our problem lies. I think I figured out the disparity I between think I know, us. I think here. I know what you're going to say. So, um, talent beats hard work when talent works hard. And sure. this is the difference that we've gotten here is that you were saying a talented person who does nothing and doesn't practice is going to be worse than a, a person who is not as talented, who is working really hard. Yes. And I would, I would agree with that. I think that's where we agree. And then where we disagree is that the higher it gets, that's where talent is always going to have, in my opinion, this is my closing statement. Talent will always have the upper hand. And that's just where we disagree. Um, because we both know that talent can only get you so far if you're not working hard enough. So I'm not saying that people at the top level of anything are not working hard. Because you look at any of them, you know, I mentioned tennis before. If you look at any of, you know, Rafael Nadal, you look at Andy Murray, you look at Roger Federer, um, all of those people are working very hard, but there are also 100 people below them who are working very, very, very hard. And so, in my opinion, all these people are working very, very, very hard. But then there are some people who are always going to be better. And that's my closing statement. So, talent beats hard work when talent works hard. There we go. All right. And that was the first episode of Mountain Meditation Season 2. If you want to talk to us about what you think about this, there's a comment yeah. section. You can do there that is. in. If you, if you are a cool dude who believes in hard work, throw up the hashtag grind gang in the chat. What? <laughs>
And if you're a, a uh, if you're very cynical like me <laughs> and you think that you're never going to be good at anything, then put hashtag scum gang in the comments. Scum gang. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you next episode. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.